So I was on that team. Uh, we just got back from Nicaragua a couple of days ago. If you're new here at Providence, we have a, uh, a long relationship uh, with an organization in Nicaragua called El Porvenir, who's focused on bringing clean, safe drinking water to rural Nicaraguans. Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and many, many thousands of, of people don't have access to clean, safe drinking water, which means um, in the villages, women uh, spend most of their lives from girls up to uh, old age, carrying water on their shoulders uh, from water sources. It means that girls never go to school uh, because they are entrusted with carrying water. Uh, it means that simple things uh, that a child can get, like diarrhea, can lead to their death. And so several years ago, in our heart, um, it, was, it was put to be a part of bringing water to these communities. And, and so I would want you to know that you have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in rural Nicaragua. Uh, building wells, running water systems to homes. And we were able to, uh, last week, to visit with several of the communities uh, that you have invested in. We haven't been able to go there in about 18 months because of some civil unrest there. And so it was a great joy to go back into the communities. And when we go into the community, we're greeted by the people who live there, and usually by one of the leaders of the community, usually a woman, dressed in her finest dress, is waiting for us. They lead us to sort of a holy place in their community. Um, these are Christian uh, folks. It's not an evangelistic tour per se, uh, but, but serving alongside brothers and sisters. And they'll have banners welcoming us, welcome Providence Church, thank you Providence Church, that kind of thing. And I wanted to share with you, we went into a place called Los Guasimos where there are 37 families. The Guasimos family has lived in this little niche in the mountains for um, about 200 years, but never had access to water. And so uh, you all invested in a water system, a pump. It goes all throughout. There's a spigot in every front yard. And we were able to go there for the first time since they've had water running. And so uh, I wanted to share with you some of the quotes that she shared with me to tell you. And they're sort of lodged in my head, so I don't, <laughs> I've got them written down, but I think, uh, I think I know them. She said, since the water has come, our lives have changed. Our lives have changed. She said, our girls go to school now. She said... Um, we made it through the drought. She said, women carrying buckets on their shoulders is a thing of the past. <laughs> and she asked me to tell you, uh, she said, take back to Providence Church this word, thank you. <laughs> so that's my job today uh, was to tell you thank you. Our scripture is from uh, Luke chapter 19. It's one of those sort of famous Jesus stories. It's so beautiful. If you've never heard it, you're going to love it. You might be captivated by it. I don't know. It's one of those that we tell over and over. So if you want to read along in your Bible, it's Luke chapter 19, uh, but I'll be reading on the screen. It says this, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus in his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile... Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, 
Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. So he ran, climbed a tree, because Jesus was going to pass that way. Those short phrases that I just said are actually quotes from the scripture. And so I want you to, want you to um, hear them again and allow, maybe, I found sometimes just the word of God, just a, a short phrase can do something in your, in your heart. So the scripture says that Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. So he ran, climbed a tree, because Jesus was going to pass that way. Zacchaeus was a scoundrel. And he was a unique kind of scoundrel in that he wasn't just a scoundrel that everybody in the community thought he was a scoundrel. He knew he was a scoundrel. <laughs> so that's a special kind of scoundrel, right? Uh, I've never said scoundrel that many times in my life either. Uh, but it, he knew it. Uh, the New Living Translation says that he was a notorious sinner, which means uh, he had a life of a pattern of sin and he was notorious for it. Everybody knew it. But in his town that day, the town of Jericho, Jesus was coming through the city And as often was the case, there was a large crowd of people that had crowded around Jesus, and Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short, so he ran, climbed a tree, because Jesus was going to pass that way. Jesus was going to pass through his town. I want you to hear um, the movement of this story to see if it might connect with the movement of your heart the movement of your life. So I'm going to do something I don't necessarily normally do, but I'm, asking you to, I'm going to ask you to repeat those phrases back, if you will, if you please. I'm not going to make you do that because, again, this is the word of God. And so if you let this come out of your mouth, it has the tendency to, to do stuff, okay? So you make the decision. I hope that you will. But I want you to repeat these phrases after me and let the word of God come into your heart and come out of your mouth, okay? So we're going to say this together. You're going to repeat after me. He tried to get a look at Jesus. He tried to get a look at Jesus. But he was too short. But he was too short. So he ran and climbed a tree because Jesus was going to pass that way. I've known my wife, Rachel, literally my whole life, or at least the the part that I can remember. She's always been a part of my life. We went to three-year-old preschool together. Uh, We carpooled the kindergarten together. We grew up one street away from each other. Our moms uh, took us uh, to to kindergarten. We bumped into each other at the Mount Julia Elementary School Fall Festival in elementary school. We have a memory of being in ninth grade at the Wilson County Fair, and this big thunderstorm came. I was with my buddy Tyler, and we went and hid out under this pavilion, and Rachel was under the pavilion, and there she was. My first high school football game that I went to, I was on the front row, and again, I saw her. She was wearing a white sweater. I'm just telling you, it stuck with me uh, my whole life. <laughs> We worked on school projects together. We sat next to each other in study hall. So imagine my surprise. When I was 17 years old, I was sitting on the front steps of the state capitol in Nashville. We were there for a part of our our government class. I was sitting next to Rachel, my lifelong friend. Imagine my surprise when I looked over at her and I realized that I had fallen head over heels in love with her. I'd been looking at her my whole life. But something happened that moment. I mean, I, I was asking myself, you know, what, what is happening here? How could I have never seen her that way? How could I have never seen myself that way? You know, how could we have gone all this time and we've looked at each other all these times and yet in this moment, something changed? Is anybody following me? What I'm saying is maybe you've looked at Jesus a long time. 
Maybe you've known him in your life. Maybe you've heard this story before. Maybe you sang the song in Sunday school. Maybe you've heard all the stories. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you gave up on Jesus. Maybe you haven't been close in a long time. Maybe you heard about him in three-year-old preschool, but now you're just now kind of hearing about him again. What I'm saying is maybe you have looked at Jesus. Look again. Look again. Sometimes uh, something can happen in a moment with this Jesus that he captivates us when we see him. This scripture in Luke chapter 19 says that Jesus came for lost people. Jesus came for lost people. It's a very important story in the collected stories of Jesus. Imagine all these things that Jesus did in his life, and we only have a handful of them. The people who passed on the stories, the ones we have are very important. And I think this one is important for a number of reasons, but one in particular is that in it, we hear a self-proclamation from Jesus about why he came about his purpose. Now think about it. So many people now want to say what Jesus' purpose was. I'm one of those, right? Y'all come and hear me. I say, here's what Jesus is all about. There's been books written that have overflowed libraries about the purpose of Jesus. Would anybody be interested in hearing what Jesus says his purpose was? It's in the story of Zacchaeus. He says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came for lost people. So If you don't see yourself as lost, or you have never seen yourself as lost, I have a word for you this morning. You ready? Get lost. (laughs) Get lost. It's important. I get it. Like some of you are saying, you you know Jesus. I'm not saying that, that, that you're lost, but I am saying if you lose your perspective that you are anything without Jesus, you're in trouble. If you forget how desperate you were and how desperate you are for Jesus every day, what I'm saying is Jesus did not come to pat people who have their acts together on the back. He came to pull people out of holes. He came to rescue people. He came looking for the lost and said that I will find them. And so if you're here and you think you got your act together and you got it all going on and you're really good at talking about everybody else's problems, I would say you you might need to get lost. You might might need to remember that you're nothing without Jesus. And that's what happened to Zacchaeus. You see, Zacchaeus had, had it going on. He was wealthy. He had, he had uh, followed a plan and procedure for monetary success and upward mobility, and he had checked all the boxes. And yet, he was lost. And yet he, he, he had this, still had this longing in him for more, this longing to see Jesus. And so Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. So he ran, climbed a tree, because Jesus was going to pass that way. In verse 5, it says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down I must be a guest in your home today. The scripture never says that Zacchaeus saw Jesus. It only says that Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Of course, Zacchaeus saw him, but but you see what I'm saying? It says Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus. My story about Rachel on the front steps of of the state capitol is not a story to be retold if she wasn't looking to. But guess what? She was looking too. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Rachel. She was looking too. She was. 
Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. And when he saw him, he called to him. But he didn't just call to him, he called him by name. And he didn't just call him by name, he called him down. And do you know where he called him to? Do you know where Jesus invited Zacchaeus to go? Back to the temple? No. Up front to the altar? No. To a Bible study? No. Do you know where Jesus invited Zacchaeus to go? His house. Zacchaeus' house. He said, I must come to your house. Good job, Zacchaeus. Up in the tree, you wanted to see me. But Jesus is saying, I think, I did not come through town to give you a high five and keep moving. You want to have this moment? You want to encounter me? I'm coming to your house. I must come to your house for this, for this what you're really needing, what you're really wanting. It may not be what you thought, Zacchaeus. I must come to your house. Now, why am I saying house with so much emotion? <laughs> well, this, this series uh, is called Jesus Changed My Life. It's not called Jesus Inspired Me. And it's all about the how Jesus changed my life. It's not called I fell in love with Jesus. It's not called I gave Jesus a high five. It's not called I had a desperate, dramatic moment and you wouldn't believe what I did. I climbed up a tree. It's called Jesus changed my life because when you want to see Jesus and you run after him, he'll call for you, but he's gonna call you by name. And then he's gonna call you down and he's gonna say, I'm coming to your house. If Zacchaeus is anything like me, that initial thing may have made him feel uncomfortable. But what's so amazing about this story is that it said Zacchaeus met that request with excitement and joy. You see what was happening? Zacchaeus was ready. He was a scoundrel, but he was ready. I'm sort of pretending this morning that some of you all are scoundrels, okay? <laughs> Just pretend with me, okay? But some of you, I can see it in your eyes, a few in this room this morning, even though you're a scoundrel, you're like, but doggone it, I'm ready for something else. You're like, I don't know why I'm being filled with joy when I said those words coming out of my mouth. I don't know why I'm feeling some sense of excitement to think that Jesus might actually come to my house. You see, at first we're uncomfortable because if you go to my house, that's where my checkbook is, that's where my kids are, that's where my stress lives, that's where I feel some anxiety sometimes the deepest. That's where depression can push you down in your bed and you don't want to give up. That's where your dirty dishes are in the sink. That's where your bonus room is, and your bonus room is a mess, right? <laughs> Zacchaeus like, you're coming to my house? And Jesus says, yes, today. I'm coming to your house today. You're coming to my house? Yes, today. Verse 8 says, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Look at the first part of this verse. It says, meanwhile, what's happened in between the verses we read is that the people in the town, we don't know exactly who they are. We sometimes they assume they're the religious people. It just says the people. The people were displeased that Jesus was going to be uh, eating at the house of a sinner. Well, meanwhile, while all the people are displeased, Jesus is meeting with Zacchaeus. And it says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. The reason that's important is because in this story, up until this point, Jesus has been referred to as Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. You see, usually, by the time Jesus walks through your front door, 
and you get him sitting at your dinner table, he moves from being some guy who was coming through your town and becomes your Lord. The reason we know that is by what Zacchaeus says. He says, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, which presumably he did, if, he's bringing, if that's the first thing that comes to your mind, Zacchaeus, uh, he says, if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. We've, I alluded to it quickly, but Zacchaeus' things are, are two things. Money, he's wealthy, and cheating. He, he had developed a pattern of sin in his life that had become so much a part of him, it's just what he did. But when he encounters Jesus, he starts talking about his things in light of and underneath the lordship of Christ. So he was all about his money, and just with having Jesus at his table, he's saying, God, I'm now putting my money under you. You are the Lord of all of my wealth. He starts doing crazy talk. I'll give half of it away. And then this other thing, this pattern of sin that he's had in his life, this cheating people, he can no longer see that outside of his encounter with Jesus who's come to his dinner table. So he's doing crazy talk. He says, if I cheated people, I'll pay them back four times as much. What does this show us? It shows us that Zacchaeus' life has changed. And what it makes us ask ourselves is, I think, two things. What are your things? Zacchaeus is like money and cheating. What are your things? You know, what is it that's, that's in your house? And then will you place them under the lordship of Jesus? Guys, this isn't just about having a dramatic moment saying, I'll run and climb a tree. It's saying, are you up for inviting Jesus into your house? Jesus' response to short Zacchaeus, I think that's one reason he probably stood up. He was just kind of, he didn't want to stand up. Um, his response to Jesus, I mean, Jesus' response is, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Salvation didn't just come to his heart. Salvation didn't just come to his life. Salvation came to his house. And so I have to ask you, would you let your whole house be saved? I don't even know what that means. But I felt like God asked me to ask you that. Let the Spirit work. Let the Spirit speak to you. Are you up for your whole house being saved? Everything under your roof being rescued? Everything that, that happens there being changed? You see, Jesus isn't wanting a high five. He's wanting a rescue operation. <laughs> Some of us have said yes to Jesus but we've never invited him to our house. We've said yes to Jesus maybe over and over and over, but we've never said, would you come into my house? Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short, so he ran, <laughs> climbed a tree, did something dramatic. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Because Jesus is gonna pass our way. If you've looked to Jesus before, look again. Here's the really cool, amazing thing. Like, I think coming to church here sometimes is a way for us to, to climb a tree, right? Some of you this morning, you're like, I got to get to church. I got to get there. You rush to get here. You're like, I need Jesus in my life. And so we come and, and climb this tree. Well, here's the amazing thing. The invitation that Jesus has given us is not just about a, a quick prayer. It's not just about a dramatic moment. He's inviting himself. His invitation is an is a interesting one. He's inviting himself over to your house. Find out what happens when Jesus sits at your dinner table. I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. You know, what happens when you say, yeah, Jesus, I want you to be Lord. I want you to be Lord of all this. 
I want to tell you about something coming up in the life of our church, Thursday, October the 24th. So we have a Thursday night service, but on Thursday, October the 24th, we're going to have a special service, uh, a baptism service, and a service of recommitting, uh, allowing people to recommit their lives to Christ. So I would love, even if you want to right now, to put that night on your calendar and come if you are in a place where you are ready to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never been baptized and that could be the night. Or maybe you have, but it's been a long time and you, you're like, I need a marker in my life. And, and so that service will be a very special time. Maybe you feel you're good on all that. Well, I want you to come anyway because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. So come here and celebrate with us that night and worship together as people. Uh, uh, it'll be a totally different service and we, we, we want you to be here. So you can sign up for that online on our sign-up page and indicate kind of what's going on and one of our pastor's We'll connect, or I did this. This is a dramatic thing I did this morning. I brought my clipboard. It's right over there. And so if this morning, uh, I bring the clipboard for serious things. And so if this morning you're like, I need to say yes today. I, I, need, I don't want to sign up online. Um, then, then come and find me right over here, and we'll talk, and I'll put your name on my clipboard, and we'll pray together. Um, there's some people here who are ready to say yes to Jesus. And, and I know that most of us aren't lost. I get that. But what I'm, what I'm saying is if we lose sight of um, how desperate we are for Jesus, then we become like the people in the story who are displeased with the Lord because he's going to eat with somebody who needs to be saved. And, and so we have to keep our, we have to be so desperate for Jesus. We have to um, even be dramatic about it sometimes in our hearts, you know, to say, I can't live without Jesus. We have to fall on our knees before him. He's, um, you know, it's, it's not really his purpose to come here and make us feel good or to be our buddy. He's Lord, you know? And so when we, we put our lives underneath him, everything changes. Everything changes. Um, I don't know. I know I'm being kind of dramatic, but I just like, I don't want to play church. You know what I mean? I don't want to play church. I don't want years from now people to say, well, he led a successful organization. <laughs> I want it to be that we were desperate for Jesus and our Lord, and that, that we looked to him and we invited him to our, to our dinner table. You see what I'm saying? Like, um, it's critical. We're talking about lost people being saved. Like, I'm 39 years old, right? I'm almost dead. You know, I don't have a lot of time left. Like, I want, I want, to get, I want us to get this. talking to that lady in Nicaragua, you know, and I was thinking about how dramatic the change was. And then I thought about just like how comfortable I am most of the time, which is fine. But we can't lose sight that we're all scoundrels, okay? And that we all were lost before Jesus came and rescued us. And so as we sing, I want to just sing this again with just one look. I want you to think about what those words are doing in you, the words of the scripture that Jesus is going to pass your way. What's going to be your response? What are you going to do? What do you need to do? Now let's sing together. It's just one look. Everything's changing. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be. 
together. God, we thank you that you'll come to our town. <laughs> and so we want to run to you and hear our names being called. We pray, God, as in worship today in our hearts that we would be inviting you to our house, inviting you to our dinner table, placing uh, you, Lord, over us, Lord, over all. We pray as we come to communion this morning that the bread and juice could be for us the body and blood of Christ that we could receive him, and in receiving him, that we could become the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, that Jesus has done all that is necessary for scoundrels like us. He's gone to the cross and conquered sin and death. He is risen and risen indeed. So let us receive Jesus this morning, God. In his name we pray, amen. <laughs>